Hello guys, you're so welcome here today to this podcast, which deals with all things in relation to narcissistic abuse, understanding it and surviving it and actually going on to thrive. Hi guys, welcome back to the channel. This channel is all about educating anyone that's been through narcissistic abuse uh, to understand what narcissism is, to understand what we've been through in order to help us know more about ourselves and heal better and to be prepared when we go forward in life to be aware and awakened to the fact that there are people out there that are not like ourselves, that do not have our best intentions at heart, do not have empathy and need to be treated with uh, respect because they can do an immense amount of damage and hurt people who don't understand what a narcissist's agenda is. And of course, we know at this stage their agenda is all about what they can get for themselves. It's the way they've decided to live and the only way they know how to live and the way that they enjoy living and the way that they will continue living. They cannot be saved, not by us. A higher power maybe, but not by us. So guys, um, if you find any value in this video, can I ask you for all of our sakes to get the word out there, to continue consider subscribing or to hit the like button or to leave a comment just to get the videos up on this the YouTube algorithm or whatever to get them more noticed and to you know when people put their their questions in about what they've been through so the narcissistic videos will come up for them and they'll get the information um, more readily. Thank you. Today I'd like to talk about um Something that's come up a lot in recent coaching and I also get emails from you guys about it and it was something I definitely grappled with myself hugely and that's why we actually see the narcissist for a very long time as being a very valuable person, as being a person that we regard highly, a person of high value and that when they discard us or we eventually find out a lot about them that we didn't know and we have to leave them. We can't get over the fact that we feel a loss, but it's not just a loss for the relationship or the grieving process or the fact that we're on our own. It's we feel we've lost something of value and it's really getting your mind around the fact that you haven't actually lost a person of value. What has happened for you is you have escaped a very detrimental, disastrous person who would have brought you down, who possibly has brought you to your knees with a discard, but who would ultimately destroy you. You would no longer exist as a person. You would be a shell of a person or you would do what Unfortunately, a lot of people end up doing, they attempt suicide because they, they, can't, they can't feel hopeful about anything. They feel that this person of great value 
is gone and therefore there is nothing left for them. It's it's a very abusive uh, type of a situation to have been in and it can leave people in a desperate state where they they can't seem to to pick themselves up and rebuild. They can't seem to find strength inside themselves because they blame themselves. They feel that they've lost something of value. So can we get into this and, you know, try and try and reload the program that the narcissist has put inside our minds, this cognitive dissonance, it also involves that. Okay, so how do they make us feel that we have lost something and that we, we no longer have value within ourselves after they discard us or we have to leave them? So let's take it from the very beginning. And the narcissist comes upon us as a juicy target that is going to fulfill a lot of their needs, whatever those needs are, the main needs. And I'm going to do the next video on this. The main need they have from us is our emotional output in order to regulate them and actually let them breathe, make them feel they exist and empower them to go forward. The other things are the residual benefits, the character traits, whatever else they're getting from us come next to that. But the main thing they want from us is our emotional supply for them to feel significant of any significance, for them to feel they actually exist at all. So we're very important to them. You, you are extremely important to them. You are a life source to them and they've decided to pick you. So in order for them to get you very involved with them, to, you know, gel with them, to get hooked by them, for them to feel that they have secured their investment in you. They need to give you very intensely and very quickly everything you're looking for. So you've come to this point in your life and there will be a vulnerability about you that they will hone in on. And another video coming is how the narcissist, you know, can actually help you to get to know yourself post discard. Please don't let that trigger anyone. This is something further down in the healing line that, that you will find out. Okay, so the narcissist has to give you something of great value, exactly what you're looking for. So if you have come to a stage in life where you're actually looking for a partner, you're looking for support, you're looking for somebody to share your life with. Maybe you've been a single parent. Maybe you've struggled for quite a long time to be the strong one. Maybe it's just time that you'd like some relief from your struggle in life. Maybe you're getting over the death of someone or a divorce. Whatever it is, the narcissist will see. They're very, very astute at seeing because they have to see people's vulnerabilities in order to get what they need from you, in order to have a power over you, in order to get in there and to kind of put the putty in those holes to cling on to you, to extract from you what they need for themselves. So they're going to present as what you need, exactly what you need. They're going to present as maybe, let's take the man, a strong man who will fulfill a role as your husband or partner, who will engage in 
in the things that you engage in. If you have a strong religious ethos, if you have a strong spirituality, whatever it is, they will become the perfect husband or wife to meet those needs, like incredibly meet them. They're not just going to be a partner with kind of differences and different interests that might complement you, genuine interests. No, they're going to hone in on your interests. So they'll present as the perfect partner, the perfect match to fit, to fit into your jigsaw pieces. They'll fit into each one and they'll ask questions and they'll discover what works. And if they try something with you that doesn't work, they'll never try that again. Like, for instance, if they see that them being a victim doesn't work with you, they won't try that again. They will meet your your profile. If you were to put a dating profile up on a website, a dating website, they would tick each of those boxes. They wouldn't just leave one out. They tick every single one. So at the start, they're going to present as a person of great value. Then they'll fill whatever needs you have that in time you would have filled for yourself. Maybe you're lonely. Maybe you could have tried something new, gone to a gym, taken up a new hobby with people who had similar interests, go into a new work situation. They'll immediately fill the gaps that you would have naturally filled for yourself. So they'll take away painful situations, maybe loneliness. They'll fulfill that need for you. Maybe they'll come across as a great, you know, you were looking for a father or mother for your children or someone to share that burden. Or maybe your business was a little bit um, in the need of some fresh input or financial input. They don't usually like to do that unless they know they're going to get, say, a share in your business or something back. But whatever you needed, they will come up with this miraculous solution. And here's the thing, guys, it's like I'm going to take an analogy of um, these kind of fraudsters, con artists who used to go around in the Wild West with their, you know, their wagon of remedies for all ills. So they had, say, bottles and potions of things like that would cure anxiety, cure arthritis, cure lumbago, cure all these things that the doctors of the time weren't able to cure. And it'd be a miraculous solution. And they'd have somebody maybe in their wagon with them, you know, to say, stand in the crowd and say, I tried that. This is amazing. This is a miracle. That works. And they'll have, you know, convince everybody psychologically in the crowd that they're selling a magic potion and people will be queuing up to get this potion. But lo and behold, this fraudster, this con artist will only stay a day or two in town and then will move on to the next town. So by the time the people will actually discover that these potions don't work, they'll be long gone. So they'll be on to the next set of people to con. And it's similar with the with the uh, narcissists. They are like con artists. However, the potion works for a while until you realize the reality of the situation you're in and that the potion hasn't worked. You take the potion and psychologically for quite a long time, you're convinced because you're taking that and because you believed in this, the value of the potion, you see an improvement. But it's psychological. It doesn't last and it's not real. 
but it takes you quite a long time with a narcissist, unlike the potion that may may have tried it for a week or two and thought you saw a great result because you wanted to and thought it was a value because you believed what this con artist had said. With the narcissist, it takes a hell of a lot longer to really believe that what they were selling was a load of rubbish and didn't exist and that they were con people and that they've gone off to the next town now to the next person to to sell them the same you know, magic potion or valuable, um, valuable potion in a bottle. So guys, that's just a little analogy. So how it sticks with us, the narcissist will continually repeat to you words. They will tell you that they're a great person, in effect. They'll tell you that they would never cheat. They'll tell you that they're committed to marriage. They'll tell you that they're a religious person. They'll even leave things around to kind of back up their story. What I would call props. They may invest in a Bible. It may be an old one. They may have got it from a, a thrift store and said they've had it all their lives. They can do an amazing amount of things to build behind the words that they say to you. And if you keep hearing this at various intervals, subtly, and this person is giving you value and that they're making you feel better and you feel wonderful and they're providing, they're putting the putty in the, the holes that you had, they're, they're taking away your loneliness, they're providing the partner that you dreamed of having, even though it seems too good to be true. Too good to be true. Too good to be true too unreal to be true. Now, they can only do this for a certain length of time. You you long-termer guys will know this because you'll know how it varies and you can see through the bullshit basically over time. But if you're talking about a six month, a year, sometimes 18 months they can keep it up for without you seeing between the cracks. But you'll be getting, you'll be getting this kind of thing going into your mind that they will be over and over and over repeating that they are a good person, that they would never do that, that they don't like people that tell lies. They don't like cheaters. That's not who they are. And this program is in your mind of who this narcissist is. And you see this person of value because they've told you who they are. But you haven't yet seen the actions to back up the words. In effect, on a daily basis, they're being this person. So the words are consolidating in your mind that you're believing that they are this perfect partner, that they are this perfect a person of value, that you don't see them cheating. Not yet. Their actions have not yet unfolded. They're using the props. They're using the initial actions to back up the image of this person in your mind. So how do they add value then to this once they're coming towards the devaluation stage? They then build themselves up to be a person of value because they will put you down. So they will get you to invest in the doubts you have about yourself. And that they will then seem superior to you because they're going into that parental role where they're trying to correct you and trying to help you improve yourself, where you never actually may have needed improvement at all. 
They don't love you for who you are. They love you for the potential they see in you because they they try to convince you that you can improve and you can be like them. Imagine, be like them, be as superior as they are. So here is the second way that they can get you, get your brain moving in waves towards seeing them as superior and you as less superior and enhancing the increased value that they're presenting to you. And again, it's an illusion. So the very last thing, and this is a diabolical thing that some of them do in the discard phase, just before the discard or maybe during the discard or just after the discard to cement that idea that they're a person of great value is the diabolical triangulation where they'll pitch you against someone else in a competition, competition for them. And remember, the, the whole thing about modern marketing even is to offer something of value and to say, you know, say in a sale day, if you're first there, you'll get it, you'll win it, you'll be first. But they, you know, that marketeers present a kind of competitive um, competitive dynamic. So people will feel that if they compete for something and win it, that it's of more value. So this awful triangulation they'll do just before the discard to make you feel that the other person won in a, th a third level of increasing their value in your mind, the illusion that they are of value. So how do you crash down this this illusion that they leave you with that really delays your healing because you really feel that you've lost something, that you're left behind and that they've gone on, they've won and say they've gone to another person to marry them or something. That's a diabolical, that's a diabolical thing to do to anybody. That is enough to take a person down, to not only just to not only discard them, but to go on and say somebody else is better and that you've lost, you have lost something of value. What you've lost is someone who cannot commit, who changes one person for another person, whose actions do not match the words. The person that says, I'd never cheat. The person that says, I commit. I'm of value. I'm uh, kosher. I'm real. I'm authentic. They've just now showed you how unauthentic, inauthentic, whichever the word is, you know, it's a narcissist. They have gone off to show you they have no value. They have no moral fiber. They don't know how to love. They have lied to you. They are not the person that they show themselves to be to you, that it was all a con, that they held up a magic potion in a bottle and said it worked and it was real and it was better than any other, you know, authentic medicine you might have got from a doctor at that time. And then once you tried it and kind of it wasn't adding up, they shot off to the next town to find somebody else. Guys, what you've lost is you've actually escaped. You have escaped your destruction and your destitution. And the next person is now facing the torment and torture that some of which you faced, but a huge more lot to come. Now, it's 
It's also a fourth wave of implanting in your mind that they're a person of value if they haven't given you a very large devaluation. So if you haven't been, let's say, um, abused enough by them before they left, you'll still have the illusion that perhaps there was something of value there. If the abuse was subtle and kind of carried out in, um, in an orchestrated way, you won't have seen how bad they could actually be. So what you need to do, what's, what's beneficial to do, is to get a piece of paper to write down who they presented to you and who they said they were and to correlate that with any long term sustained actions to back up what they said they were and see if you get a good crisscross and see if the actions can nullify the person that they had you believing they are in your mind still. So it's a good one for cognitive dissonance. If you can crisscross who they said they were in their words with their actions and if you get into the rumination stage, if you get a bad day, if you can look at that little chart again and remember the con artist that they actually are, because I'm betting you're going to get a lot of a lot of cross outs here on who they told you they were as opposed to who they actually are. Guys, I hope that's of help and I'll see you again soon. Take very good care and I'll be back soon.